on Thursday, Thursday afternoon, um, I started getting like proper inner eye and I wasn't sure what was going on. And then Friday morning when I woke up, I phoned Lisa, our good optometrist, and said, look, I don't care what time you get to that office, but help me. And uh, so we went in there, she said she can't help me, and so I had to go see an eye specialist. And then, they, long story short, they said I've got an ulcus on my cornea, which is like... Uh, look, I, I don't know what it means, but I can tell you it's sore. <laughs> it was like sitting here in my head. And, uh, and so it's a lot better today. Yesterday, I still said to the guys, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to preach or not. So luckily this morning when I woke up, the pain's a lot better. But the problem is I can't see you. So, uh, so if you've if you got spare time to pray, you're welcome to pray for my eye as well. So actually, I phoned the doctor this morning. I just said, look, it's, it's proper blurry. And he said he would like me to see, like to see me this afternoon again. So we have to trek back over the mountain this afternoon. And my wife will be driving because I have like a million blind spots on this side. And, uh, but yeah, please pray for me. I trust that it won't be a big deal. Um, so, so that's me, but I'm glad to be here. And you know, it's quite funny. Because you're going to hear a lot of eye jokes this morning, okay? But um, what I wanted to speak on this morning is seeing Jesus. Amen. <laughs> And last week, God with this, we spoke about seeing the treasure. And, uh, and so in this week, you know, when I couldn't see anymore and I was trying to prep and I can't look at my computer and everything. So I felt like a proper hermit this week, sitting in like the darkest part of my house that I could find. And uh, he asking if we got sunburned this afternoon or this weekend. I said, I wish. Okay? And I heard there was waves. I just couldn't see them. And, um, and so, uh, but I want to I wanna speak about seeing Jesus today. And I actually want to speak about worship. All right. Now, if you know me, I don't know how much you know about me, you're going to get to know me, but I hope one thing that you get to know me and uh, me, me and my family is that we love to worship God. Okay? We love to extravagantly worship God. Lisa, this morning when you stopped here, she went, worship! Yeah? And, uh, and so you'll see her later, she digs it. Okay? She, we love to worship God. And um, I, uh, yes, I mustn't run ahead of me, myself too much today, but... Um, you know, worship is probably something we, if we want to, we can speak about it for the next year. Every Sunday. And uh, there's so much in that that is wrapped in that, that it's like, if we want to dig into it, it is not just something we do either before the preach or after the preach. It actually, our whole lives consists out of it. And uh, it's something that we must grasp properly. Are you guys awake this morning? Are you with me? Uh, again, I can't see you. I need to hear you this morning. Help me out here. But uh, I want to I wanna look at worship as a response, and I want to read something for us that uh, Matt Redman said back in the day. I, I think some of you might, might have heard about Matt Redman, but um, so uh, thank you, Donny. Um, now I need to find, say, I'm going my notes to Macoria, but uh, he, oh, Matt Redman said that, I'll just quote it for you. He said, worship is not primarily about singing, it is about seeing. I want to say that again. Worship is not primarily about singing. It is about seeing. And you know, I think sometimes as, as, a, as, as a church, as believers, we get, we get caught in the trap as worship as, as an action. Or worship as a goal to achieve something, but we actually don't see. With me? And, um, and so, you know, there's a, there's a balance here this morning, and I'm not going to balance it too much, but you keep, keep it in the back of the head that I know that Psalm says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and we enter his courts with praise. So there is something, you know, when we worship that actually, as we do it, we start to see. But then there's other times where we have to remember who God is and what is done that actually enables us to worship properly. And, um, and so I was praying in the week, you know, on, on Tuesday I was praying and asking the Lord, you know, just new church, 
a new area, a new, new stuff. Is there something that you want us to be aware of? Something that we have to be conscious of? You know, the, the Bible says that we are not fighting uh, flesh and blood, but there's powers and principalities. And also, Lord, you know, is there something that we have to be aware of in this town that we are fighting? And, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and he just mentioned something, and I felt the Lord drop something in my heart. And I felt the Lord say, be careful of the religious spirit. Be careful of religion. And you know what religion is? Is religion is something that looks like the real, but without the power. It's something that, that masks as something, and it's, and it's actually the actions that we can put to it, but there's no life. And, um, and I don't know how many of you have read the Gospels, but who was the people that Jesus fought the most with? It was the Pharisees, the religious people. You know? He didn't go around correcting the prostitutes and the sinners and the tax collectors. Wherever he went, it's like he picked up the Pharisees. Why? Because he said, I'm on their lips, but I'm far from their hearts. It's a terrible thing, eh? And, um, and you know what I think sometimes happens with us, you know, as good Christians? And I mean, I, I've been saved now um, for 15, 15 years, I think so, something like that. Okay? It's, not, it's not even that long. But uh, the 15 years before that, I was brought up as a good Christian boy with good morals. And uh, I, I mean, I, I was basically born in church, I think so. Okay? It was like we were there my whole life. Né? And, um, but... Not, and, and I mentioned this last week, but like not having the treasure in sight or not having Jesus, sometimes it doesn't look that bad. But I wonder if we look from Jesus' perspective, I think we'll get a different picture. Jesus takes it as serious. And so I want to read this for us. We all know the scripture, you know, but uh, Revelation 2 from verse 2, Jesus is writing to a church and he says this to them. He says, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. You know, who does that sound like? Anyone of you was here last week? Older brother, okay? Your hard work, slaving away from me. You, you know, in the field, you're giving it all. You're not doing too much wrong. It's like, anybody with me here? All right? The, the older brother is doing all this stuff, perseverance. He says, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles and are not, and you found them to be false. That's good stuff, okay? This we would hear from Andrew, you know, test the apostles, check their lives, you know, look, look at all this stuff. He says, you've persevered and you've endured hardships for my name, and you've not grown weary. That is a proper older brother. Man. Um, like he's, he's done it right, okay? slaving away, and he hasn't done anything wrong. He says, yet I hold this against you, that you've forsaken your first love. And then he says, remember the height from which you've fallen. The, I think it's the ESV that says, consider how far you have fallen. And I wonder sometimes, you know, when we have lost the first love, our hearts have grown cold, you know, it's just we've lost the treasure. We, we, we're in the house, but we don't, we don't have any part of God. But sometimes we think at least it's not that bad. And actually, Jesus looks at it and he says, consider how far you have fallen. And I wonder, you know, for us as a people, and, I, and I, I'm preaching very much to myself here this morning as well, but how often do I, in a sense, make it okay because at least I haven't fallen into sin? At least it's not that bad. At least I'm not a prostitute or a, or a, um, a sinner or a tax collector. And yet, actually, what Jesus is going for is like, consider how far you've fallen if the love that you had at first has grown cold. It's real now. And, um, you know, when I, I thought about the Pharisees 
um, just in the week. If we read the, the Bible, you get the book of Malachi in the Old Testament, which is the last, test, the, the last prophet book. And one of the last verses, I think many of you might have heard, is where Jesus gives a promise. And he says, I'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. That's an incredible prophecy, okay? God says, I'm going to bring, I'm going to reconcile us. And, and you know what happens then? 400 years of silence. And, uh, and I want to, I mean, just, we, we read it, you know, in the Bible, if you, if you take, your, take your Bible, let me get there quickly. Um, so, here we've, got, here we've got Malachi, that pink part is that prophecy, okay, it's the only thing that stood out for me in the whole book, and uh, it's not, not good. And then you, get, then you get one page, and you do this, and there you start with Matthew, and we, we just keep going. But that's 400 years. This one page. Now, I wonder what will happen to us if God stops speaking to us for 400 years. I'm 30 years old. It feels like I've been here forever. And, uh, and, and God stops speaking to his people for 400 years. And I think, man, I wonder what will happen to us as a church. We'll probably fall off the bandwagon completely. But what happened with the Jews is they kicked into religious mode. Duty kicked in, and they and 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 not. I don't think out of a bad heart. That's the thing. It wasn't out of a, out of an evil heart, but they went to what they had up until that point, which was which was this, and they they put it into practice to keep the duty going. And I've been to Israel um, in 2019. You know, I don't know if you've been there before, but we've been at the Wailing Wall. Which is, uh, man, I don't want to go into too much detail of this, but it's a, the part where they can get closest to the holies of, Holy of Holies. And you get all these devoted Jews dressed up in this um, clothes, you know, and standing at that wall praying the whole day, you know. And it's like religion to its core. And that's what, that's what 400 years of silence did to them, was, was religion kicked in. And then the one that they've been crying out for arrives. And it's in their midst, but it's different than what they expected. And they crucified the Son of God. Because he didn't look like they thought he was going to look like. Religion killed Jesus. And sometimes we're just so okay with it. I'm speaking to myself here. In my own life, I'm just so okay with religion sometimes because it doesn't look that bad. But it killed the Son of God. And um, it's a terrible thing. Eh? And then we get this... Um, portion in Matthew 15 where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and uh, now imagine he's speaking speaking to them okay and he says to them um, I'm going to read there he says thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition do you know that you know as us as a people we can nullify the word of God in this house to keep tradition going if we want to, if we got our rhythms and our natural stuff, you know, even this morning, if we, I, I, I was joking with the guys, I said, Andrew said, Andrew told me, give it six months before you start changing stuff, okay? Week two, we're moving the worship out, and you know, it's not a big shift, but it's, like, anyway, and uh, if, is there anyone that struggled this morning, it's like, Nimon was like, you sing, man, and I, before we, before we can preach, you know, it's like, sometimes like, we got tradition, we got habits, we got rhythms, and, uh, but if that ever trumps what Jesus wants to do, we actually kill the word of God in this house. And we have to be flexible here, you know, with whatever God wants to do and not let our tradition rule what God wants to do in our, in our lives. Yeah? It says, but they nullified the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And then he says to them, this is always so nice, you know, imagine Jesus coming to them. He says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts 
are far from me. Yo, guys, I just want to ask us, you know, this morning, even this week as I prepped, I just asked the Lord, God, is, that, is there any part of that in me that on my lips I say the right stuff, but actually in my heart I, I'm lost? And um, may it not be like that, you know. And then he says, they worship me in vain, and their teachings are but rules taught by men. You know, it's so easy for us. I even said to the team this morning, this morning we have a real desire to, to connect with God, to really find Him, to, to, that our hearts connect with Him. But I said to them, we must be so careful this morning not to say to you guys, all right, we're all going to jump now. And we just put rules on to, to do something that we think will be the right deal. Or we, or we do something else, and it's like, okay, we're all going to kneel down. Or we going to, you know, just ideas that we have in our mind, like, okay, this could work. And we put a human rule on you that it's just men, man-made rules. And we're missing the Son of God. I think it's another portion just on the Scripture. Um, if we, okay, no, that, that was it, sorry. Um, and you know, um, so what is it that Jesus is looking for? He's looking for relationship. He's looking for our hearts. He's looking for you. He, he's not looking for an action this morning that we think, oh, this will please him. Maybe I should lift my hands. Or, and, you know, I want to say all of that. We'll get to that. All of that is right. Jesus has certain ways that he wants to be worshipped, by the way, as well. But primarily, he's looking for your heart. He's looking for you. He's looking for you to be connected to him. And, um, but the scary portion is um, if we don't deal with this, this is then just the next verse in, uh, in Matthew 15, 12. It says, afterwards then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? And, uh, and the scary portion is if we don't deal with the religious heart, it leads to offense. Factions and divisions and slander and, and, uh, and, and offense with one another. That's what it does because the, the treasure is lost. There's an older brother that's get, that get disgruntled when a younger brother finds life. You know what it did? And so I, I wish this morning, you know, that in, in us, there's an urgency in our, in our, in our hearts. That, that, Like David said, God, search me and know me. And see if there's any wicked. I just want to say, guys, religion is as wicked as sin. If God is not in it. There's not a lot of amens to this. It's quite heavy now. So, what does this have to do with worship? I'm going to say that it has everything to do with worship. It has everything to do with worship. If, um, if we're worshiping, again, primarily with singing, and we don't see the Son of God, dead action, standing at a wall, trying to attain to something, but we're missing the Son of God. It has everything to do with worship. And uh, I want to tell us a story again this morning. Speaking about parables or stories, what is other familiar stories in the, in the Gospels that I uh, think might stand out to you? What are some of the most famous stories? Last week you said the prodigal son. What are some of the most other familiar stories that Jesus did in the Bible? Samaritans. Okay, something about the Samaritans, yes. And there's 10 leopards with spots. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. there was 10 lepers. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, so I want to read us a story this morning in, in Luke, uh, is it Luke 10? I actually think I gave you the wrong scripture. I'm so sorry. I was doing it with one eye. <laughs> okay. I actually think it's Luke 16 now that I just say it. Um, let me just see here quickly. Uh, Luke, no, that's the rich man and Lazarus. Is it Luke 10? Let's check here. No, there's a whole different story in, uh, 
in Luke 10. Sorry, guys, I just want to find the right scripture. As I said it, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Luke 15, probably. No, that's a lost sheep, prodigal son. <laughs> um, ah, Luke 17, there we go. Sorry. If you can get Luke 17 for me from verse 11. Sorry, I gave it the wrong scripture. As I saw it here, I was like, that doesn't look right. I'm going to read it for so long. If you've got your Bibles with me, do we still bring Bibles to church, by the way? That's always a good thing. Okay, these things are lacquer. Um, they say, uh, clean Bible, dirty Christian. Eh? Dirty Bible, clean, clean Christian. <laughs> bad, bad joke, sorry. But uh, you must, I want to encourage us. Bring this thing, okay? You must read it. You must eat it. You must devour it. You must color it in. You must highlight, okay? You must discover the Son of God, okay, in this book. I just want to encourage us. That's a complete side note. But let's read here. Luke 17 from verse 11. It says, and now on his way to Jerusalem. Now, just by the way, what, is he, what was he about to go do in Jerusalem? He was about to go get killed. All right? And he knows it. He prepped his disciples twice by this time, saying, I just want you guys to know that I'm going to die. Peter rebuked him. You know, the whole deal. Get over yourself, Jesus. And uh, Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. You never want to be called that by Jesus. And uh, so he's on his way to get killed. And then he says, um, Jesus traveled along the, the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, his disciples glitched with this idea as well because it was a highly racial tension area. Okay, for those of you, any idea if you just, Samaria, Samaritans wasn't liked by the Jews, okay? It was like a, like an inbred scenario. They, they, there was like highly contentious area. And then he says, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood at a distance. Now, in our, in our context, we can probably say it's like COVID, okay? It was like that scenario. It's like there were 10 guys who had COVID. They were kicked out of town and they were stu- standing at a distance. Who of you had COVID here? Okay, I had COVID and one day we walked down to the beach and it felt like I had to have a bell that say, leper unclean. Okay, that's what it felt like. Don't come close to me. And uh, so this was the, the, the reality at that time. It's like they had no answer. There was no cure for it. And, uh, and so the, the priest would, would, would reject them and, and, and send them out of the town, you know, and they couldn't worship. That was actually the point. It says because of the sickness, they couldn't come close to, to worship. They couldn't come into church. Just like we said, if you had COVID, don't come. And uh, it's a similar scenario. It's not that funny, okay? Uh, but uh, anyway, and they, and they called in a loud voice and they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And I, I want you to remember that phrase this morning. I think that's often a good phrase for us to pray to the Lord. Say, Jesus, Master, would you have mercy on us? And uh, we'll get back to that. And then he says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. Now, which is a bad idea, because it was the priest who sent them out of the town in the first place. And I don't want to take too long on this, but, but the priest was also the ones that could only validate you to come back to the house of God. So now, this is, and as they went, they were cleansed, which must be an incredible miracle. For those of you who don't know, know leprosy, some dude would have had an ear missing. Some would have had fingers missing. Someone wouldn't have had a nose. Someone would have, had, would have had like bad blisters and whatever. I don't know if there's doctors here, but you could tell us more what leprosy does. But as you go, this one dude could suddenly give you a high five, which he couldn't have done before, you know. And it's like, there's five fingers. And there was an ear and there was a nose. And it's like, as they're going, the miracle happened, which must have been incredible. But then this, you can go one back to verse 14. Um, okay, so, sorry, uh, verse 15. Um, and says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. Now, I just want to stop with that. One guy had to see. 
when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising. And I, you know, I think there is something for us here. It's like sometimes we, um, I want to, so the first point what I want to do is like, we, we worship God for what he's done. Okay? And sometimes it is that when we see what he's done, we come back praising. And um, I just want to pause on this for a moment. It's like, how many of you have prayed for, like I've been in the worst season of your life and prayed to God, Jesus, have mercy on me. Please don't let this happen. And God has intervened and some of your worst nightmare hasn't happened. All right? Uh, so, uh, it must be more of us, okay? Like there's more, there's, I think, man, I recently came out of a, so one of the things I said with my eye, uh, it could be underlying stress. And that has caused it. And I said, sure. I mean, uh, it was some stress, you know. We, we moved out. We got a new baby on the way. I started a new job. My grandpa's died. And there's a, there's a few, few, some of the top stress factors on the list, you know, that could have caused it. And, uh, and how many times do we cry out to God for mercy in the scenario? And God somehow intervenes and says, I, I don't feel stress loading at the moment, if I'm honest. Né? And, uh, but I often go back praising God with a loud voice. And sometimes we need to pause and we just need to remember what God has done to save us from, from, from fearful scenarios. It's interesting, there's a stat out there, fear by the way, and that's a whole other topic that we could preach at some stage. But it says that fear, there's a stat that says 98% of the things that people fear never happen to them. So as a people, we get it right to live in constant fear about what could be. And 98% of it will never happen to you. <laughs> now, I mean, there's wisdom about what do we do, and there's, uh, we know there's certain places you don't, don't go to, and there's certain things you don't do. But sometimes we get so caught in like this, and, uh, and we just, it, it actually stalemates us, and it will never happen to us. That's a completely different topic, by the way. But one of them saw, and he came back praising God in a loud voice. And, uh, and then he says, um, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then he says, and he was a Samaritan. And I just love how he adds it in there. It's, by the way, this was one of the guys that would have been racially tensioned, okay, and oppressed and, and hindered. And he says, by the way, he was one of them. So pro- another miracle. And, uh, and I, I don't want to go too far down this line, but I just want to say for us, I want to speak to my Afrikaans brothers here, okay? Like a self, you know. Yeah? Sometimes we can be so reserved when it comes to worshiping God. Just so well, I don't know about the English people, but I, I know for, if, I, if I take my dad, for example, all right, let's do that. Very well reserved. Yeah? And yet when I watch a rugby match, I can lose my cool. And uh, I want to say there's something about us seeing Jesus who he really is that should lead us to want to throw ourselves at him, at his feet, and praising him with a loud voice. There's something about a loud voice that, that, that God loves. He prefers that. He likes that. So I want to say, and for English people, it's not Afrikaans only, okay? But I want to say, guys, if there's something in us that is so reserved, maybe it is because our view of God is just so small. And we need to ask Him this morning for mercy to, that we see Him, we, that we see Him for who He really is, and that we actually throw ourselves today at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus asks this. He says, we're not all ten cleansed. We are the other nine. And I, so I want to say this, that it's not a given that when you see Jesus, you'll praise Him. Nine out of ten didn't. And, uh, and so there's something here this morning that a religious heart we need to take note of 
that a religious heart can see the miracle that God is doing and we can just keep going. Go show ourselves to the priest. Hey, at least we can get back into church. Boom. We got what we wanted. Is what we, what we desire, is it the, the, the hand of God, you know, that will just sort stuff out, or is it God himself that we desire? And, uh, and I want to I say the treasure isn't what God can do for us. It is him. It is him. He is the one that our hearts desire. And so there's something about the ruthlessness in us, you know, that we realize it is not a given that when God just sorts it out, we'll automatically praise. No, no, no. There's something we built into us that we're going to forcefully throw ourselves at his feet. Then he said, go, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Mm. You know, John 1.10 says this. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. (laughs) A terrible thing, eh? That the one who made us, sometimes we just reject him when it doesn't look like we anticipated him to come. So that's the one side. It's for what he's done. And I'm going to land soon. But then he says, the the second point that I want to look at, we praise God for who he is. Sometimes we're in seasons, you know, where we aren't at the breakthrough point yet. We're still in the fire. We're still in the storm. When we, we can't see far. And we're like, we cry, we're at the point where we're crying out for mercy. And sometimes, you know, like this weekend, I prayed for my eye. And I said, please, Jesus, I want to see. I don't want to lose my vision, you know. And it's, this is not that bad even. But sometimes we're in a proper fire. And we cry out, and God hasn't sent the mercy yet. He hasn't sent the breakthrough yet. And so sometimes then we can go back to previous scenarios where we can say God has been faithful here, He's been faithful here. But sometimes we just need to declare who He is. We worship Him for what He's done and who He is. All right? Those are two things that ground us. And... um, I love how David did it, you know, David in Psalm 18, he was, he was having some opposition and stuff, and he writes this and he says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And then he starts declaring, he says, the Lord is my rock, he's my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation, he is my stronghold. Sometimes we, we almost speak to our soul and we say, this is who the Lord is. And we declare that God is my strength. He's my rock. He's my safe place. He's my deliverer, my rock in whom I take refuge. You speak to your soul and say, I remember who God is. And uh, so I want to encourage us. I shared with the worship team on Thursday night. And I said, when I was, uh, when I was young and I stayed at home, my mom used to play this game with us in the car if we drove a long way. And we'd play this game. When we, I, I don't know what to call it. I call it the alphabet game, okay? And we'd pick a letter in the alphabet. And so, for example, we would pick F, okay? And my mom would say, think about all the characteristics of God that starts with the letter F. And so we, I mean, as a young child, we would remember, God is my fortress. He is, help me. He's, he's my father. He, he forgives me. He's faithful. Help me. Okay. God shows favor to us. Okay. And then when we would pick another letter, we would pick S. Okay. And God would say, we would say, He's my safe place. He's my strength. He's my source. He's my savior. He's my sustenance. He he gives salvation. What did you say? He's, he gives salvation, you know, and uh, can't you feel when you start doing that, you remember who God is, that faith rises. Guys, I want to say to you, some of you have been in a terrible season over the last while, and you've lost sight of the Son of God. Yes, okay. <laughs> 
Some of you, you need to get up in the morning, you need to pick a letter, you need to remind yourself who God is. And I tell you, you know, even this weekend, just as I was a member of this, it's like suddenly faith comes. I remember he's my healer. <laughs> now, he can still choose to do whatever he wants to. We know that. I mean, we've got a well around the theology for that. But I do believe that he's able to heal. And I, I speak to my soul. And I say, you know, even when I'm in the midst of a fire, even when I'm in the midst of a storm, he is my safe place, my rock my deliverer, my strength. And I remind myself, and then I can say, God, even if I can't see it, that is who you are. I'll worship you. I love that, you know, that way make a song. It's who you are. It's who you are. And then he says, even if I can't see it, <laughs> you're still working. You still are that. Uh, man, I need to learn this, but I love that God doesn't, God often tells us, this is what I want to do with you, but he never tells us the journey. Because if he had to tell you, none of us would do it. Yeah? If God told me five years ago that I would move to Mossel Bay and this is what would happen in between, I would have bailed a long time ago. All right? But as it, as it goes, like, man, there's faith that comes. But who he, who he wants to discover is, what he wants us to discover is not how it's going to work out. He wants you to discover him. Because he's our great reward. He's the treasure. And... Uh, so I want to I stir us as a church, you know, we can hear a word like this, and we're like, oh, that's great, man, and, but we just move on like the nine out of ten that just doesn't respond to God. Guys, I, with you, I, I just feel like, you know, as a, joining India, and I want to say this already feels like our new house, okay, I just want to say that, like, um, I'm off the groups in Mount Bulls, so I'm not there, I'm, I'm, we're here with you guys. But this week when the Lord, Lord spoke to me about this word about the religion, you know, there's something about a fear that gripped me. And I was like, oh God, please don't let me just become someone who does dead works. I said, God, please, would you keep me alive and soft and moldable? I, wanna, I don't want to lose you. And, um, and there, there was something like a, a violent um, zeal that crept into me. It's like, we need to deal with this thing. We need to deal with this thing. We need to fight it. We need to be aware of it. I said to the team on, on Tuesday night, we had our first elders meeting, I said to them, guys, this is my weaknesses. If the devil wants to come for me, this and this and this is, I think, the ways that he would like to do it. I said to them, be violent with me. and Like, speak into my life. I need you guys. Like, I don't want to drift and just become a good Christian. I said, we need to deal with this thing. And so I think as a church this morning, I want to call us. To a radical response with God. And it's like, God, if there's any religion, religious bone in me, God, would you deal with it? That, uh, that we could just love you for who you are in the fire and in the safe place. So what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? I think, and I, I don't know if the, what the Lord's trying to tell me with my eye. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it does feel that there's something here this week, you know, that this of all weeks would happen. But, uh, I started with a conclusion, by the way, when I prepped the preach. And the conclusion is this, ask that we may see. Ask that we may see. I tell you, if I do this, and I, and I do this, and I, I just see blurriness. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. I tell you, this morning when I woke up, I thought, I said yesterday, maybe it could be some of the meds that causes it. You know, this morning, first thing when I get up and I do this, like, oh, no. Guys, <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible thing to not see. And how much more spiritually, if we don't see, if we don't see, 
And we try and go through life like this, and it's like we can see some, but it's quite blurry, you know, but we're just so okay with it. And so I said to Marissa this morning, okay, I'll drive to church. I said, when we stopped here, I said, I'm definitely not driving to Oatshorn, okay? Like, I've got a, I can't see. <laughs> and uh, we need to ask God for sight again. I want to finish with a scripture, and maybe the worship team can come to the front. We, uh, we got, I'm so glad we got Francois this morning. It's going to lead us. Uh, that's great. I think it's a big one that um, still going to lead us, and we can honor the gift that's inside of him. But um, I want to read this for us in Luke 18. Um, and you'll see why I feel this is a portion. But it says, as Jesus approached Jericho, so this is now just the portion after, after the lepers, okay? It says, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when, the crowd, um, when he heard the crowd going by, he, was asked what was happen- he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is, Nazareth is passing by. Now, um, you guys, oh, no, I didn't preach it here. I preached it something else. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I wonder what we'll do if we're about to hear that. Hey, guys. I've got good news for you. Jesus is about to pass by this morning. I wonder what happens in our hearts. Jesus is about to pass by. And then he says, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What did the lepers shout? Jesus, have pity on us. Sometimes there's a response in us and we need to shout this. Jesus, have mercy on us. All right. Those who led the way rebuked him. And told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, and this is what Jesus does, you know, when he comes to us and he passes by, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And I wonder if Jesus comes this morning and he, and he passes by us and he stops by you this morning and asks, what is it that you want? Do we ask him, just sort this thing out? <laughs> yeah? Do just, just deal with that. Just sort that out. You know? just, we just want the hand. Or say, or do we ask this? And he says, Lord, that I may see. Lord, that I may see. And I wonder this morning, you know, can we ask him, if Jesus comes past us, it feels like the right prayer for us would be to ask us, Jesus, open my eyes that we may see. And then he said to him, receive your sight, for your faith has healed you. And there's so many tangents I think we can go off here this morning. But whatever, you, we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God this morning. But we can draw near to God this morning with faith. We can love God this morning. And actually, that at the core of our prayer this morning, and maybe, you know, maybe some of you here are doing well, and Jesus, you're walking with him, you know. But it's never, to, never a bad thing for us to ask Jesus, open my eyes even more. You might be surprised, you know, what it'll do in you. And um, actually, I, I want to ask all of us, this is our prayer this morning, God, that we must see, that we must see.